How's everybody doing today? Hey, can I ask all you all to stand up? Happy Sunday to everyone. We want to say hello to everybody on all our campuses, all over San Diego and Oahu, everybody watching online. God bless you. We're so glad you're here at church today. Let's give the Lord a hand for his grace on our life. Um, I was thinking this morning how there are no uh, two Christians that are the same. Can I get amen? There's no two churches that are the same. Can I get amen? No two pastors that are the same. Can I get amen? Amen. And there's no two sermons that are the same. Um, and one of the ways I feel like this, a sermon is, I don't want to say better, more significant, timely, whatever, is the amount of attacks that happen to me and in my life and around my life. And man, I've been battling uh, over the last four or five days. So God's going to say something powerful to somebody today, and I, I hope he does every week, but uh, I'm going to pray that um, whatever God has in mind, um, and whatever the devil doesn't want to be said, is said and is heard and received. Every time you come to church, every time you listen to a sermon, every time you read the Bible, every time you pray, every time you worship, you, you want to be saying to God, God, how can I become more like you? How can I glorify you? Not anything about that person, that person, and that person. And so as you're listening every Sunday but and today, just think, God, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me to react? How do you want me to draw close to you? Amen? Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Um, thank you for your authority over every principality and power. Thank you for the victory on the cross. Thank you for the victory of the empty tomb your resurrection, your ascension into heaven, your seat at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And the angels desire to look into the things that we struggle with because they see everything from your perspective in heaven that you've already won. So I pray you give us that perspective, give us that peace. And Lord, I pray as uh, I'm speaking today, that as you are speaking today, that there will be supernatural breakthrough in people's perspective on who they are, why they are, what their purpose is, and how we can be a light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a high five next to you, amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 6. I'm going to be jumping around a lot, so, but we'll start there in Revelation 6. Um, last book of the Bible. I have a theory, a personal theory about when people die. Everyone dies at different times, different ways. Um, and often it's like, you know, never... Well, it's never really accepted. It's always, unless someone's really sick. Um, but I have a theory about when that happens, and my theory is based on, you know, a couple of verses I'll tell you, but it's really nothing to hold your hat on but to think about. I, I believe that you're going to die, and things that God started will end when one of two things happen. Either they finish doing what he assigned them to do. In other words, there was a job set out, for a person's life, which all of y'all have. All of y'all have a purpose that God ordained before you were born. He already knew that you were a prophet unto the nations. He told Jeremiah chapter 1, 5, before you were born, I ordained you a prophet. So he already has a plan for every single one of you. So either you're going to die when he decides you're done, not when you decide you're done, but when he decides you're done, or when he figures you're not going to get around to it. 
He just said, I'm not going to do it, God. And in, and in God's grace, he will allow you to resist him because God is an incredibly patient God. And then at some point, he just says, oh, I guess we're not going to get there. And then, and that's just my personal opinion. Now, here's some verses that lead me to that. And you can see it or not. But as you think about that, I want you to think about your life, that God has something for you to do. And for you to say, God, I am not going to obey you. I'm going to resist you. And God says, well, okay, well, then why, why should I let you keep living? Now, I'm sure all of us are way past that point. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that we, we might have, I, I was years and years before I got saved, and I was not even thinking about God's purpose, but God's grace and patience in my life said, I have a plan for even your disobedience. But at some point, God says, I'm done. Look what it says. In, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus had preached his first sermon in, in, a, in, a, in a synagogue, and he basically called out the religious leaders and called them phony and hypocrites, and they took him to the edge of a cliff to kill him. This is right in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. They took him to the edge of the cliff. And this is one of the, I think, hilarious verses in the Bible to me. Because they're like, we're going to kill you, we're going to kill you. And they're yelling all stuff at him. They take him to the edge of the cliff. And he just says, I don't think so. And just walks away. <laughs> it wasn't like he had a fight. He didn't have a gun. He didn't have like, his boys with him. It was just him. And look what it says in Luke chapter 430. It says, passing through the midst, he went his way. Now, it seems like a simple thing, but just imagine a, a mob taking you to the cliff, and you go, it's like, homie the clown. I don't think so. And you just kind of walk away. <laughs> because it wasn't his time. How many of y'all driven home drunk, and you don't remember how you got home, and you should have never got home? Can I get amen? amen. Okay, so there's about 20 of y'all uh, 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 raising your hand, about 100 more of y'all should be raising your hand. <laughs> you've been, ladies, you've been in a parking garage late at night, and there was someone creepy walking behind you, and all of a sudden they were gone. Can I get amen, ladies? Yeah, amen. And I don't know, I wasn't there, obviously, and I wasn't the guy. But <laughs> And by the way, if I was the guy, I didn't do anything, so I'm good. But, but how many of y'all feel like there were some angels in your life at certain points just saving you, right? Because God's not done. And so, so, so that's one. Then Jesus, after he did his three-year ministries on the cross, he was killed, and he said in John 9, I'm done. He only had three-year ministry. Three. And he had 12 disciples that were scared. You're done? That's, I'm done. That's all I needed to do. I did enough. Now, from our eyes, he ain't done. But from his eyes, I, I'm done. I'm finished. Uh, in, in Genesis chapter 6, the first end times. This is the second end times, by the way. There was the first, the flood. God destroyed everything except eight people. And you know what he says? In, in, in verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. He is indeed flesh. Man was wicked. The Bible says that all man was thinking about was evil constantly. And God said, I'm done. I figured you're not going to come back to what I originally assigned you for. So he flooded the earth. The next time he comes back, he's not going to flood the earth. He's going to burn it by fire. Now watch this. The symbol for that is a rainbow. The rainbow is not LGBT sign. That's God's sign. And God said the rainbow, the rainbow, the rainbow is a promise that next time I destroy the earth, it's not going to be by fire, by water. So be careful with the rainbow. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar souls of those who had been slain for the word of God, for the testimony which they had held. They cried with a loud voice, how long, O Lord, holy and true? 
until you judge and avenge our blood on those who's on the earth. God, how long are you going to let all this evil happen on the earth? And, and then it says, verse 11, then a white robe was given to each of them and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who will be killed was complete. Then there, there's more people who are standing up for my word that are going to die before I do it. God is patient. He has a plan. I, and, I, and that's above my pay grade to understand God's patience. And when he sees the evil on the earth today and his patience because he is gracious. But don't mistake his patience for his approval. How many of y'all by show of hands, and I'm, I'm, I ask you to be honest, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand. How many of y'all by show of hands can say, you know what? God has been so patient for me. He should have judged me for stuff I do all the time. And I'm so, I'm so glad he's given me another chance to repent. Amen. But don't mistake that patience for his approval. In other words, your, your whole lifestyle, your whole lifestyle could be just wrong. You're living in sin in every which way you can imagine. And you're coming to church, you're saying Jesus' word. Hey, Pastor Miles, hey, I love the service. And your life is always jacked up over here. And you think, I'm good. And God's like, no, you're not. I'm just patient. I'm patient. And like a thief in the night, my, my, I, I, um, I live in a, in, a, in, a, in a community with a gate. And the reason we moved there, we were getting death threats. So we had to move in a community with a gate. And it's supposed to be secure. And anyway, make a long story short, my nephew, my nephew who um, doesn't even live in this country, somehow got in the gate and was walking in the back of my house at night with a hoodie. <laughs> and I wasn't home. My wife's like looking at him going, and she's like, hey, the, 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 God, Jesus is going to come like a thief of the night. All of a sudden, you, you think you're secure. And all of a sudden, he's like, time's up. Time's up. So the question is, what is the assignment that he gave us? What is the assignment that God gave to creation? What is the assignment God gave to the, to the heavens and the earth, the plants, the people, all of us that we're failing at that would cause him to bring an end to it? Now, I want you to personalize this, even though I'm going to talk globally, but I want you to personalize this because what we see happening globally is happening individually. The only reason it's happening globally is because it's happening individually. So what is the assignment that God put on your life? There's one single assignment that God has put on this whole earth that when, we, when he decides it is done or we're never going to get around to it, the end comes. And that assignment is to glorify God. Not to go to church, not to read your Bible, not to pray, but to glorify God. That you would fulfill the purpose God has given you and designed you for in a way that makes him look good, not you look good. That everything, everything about us is to glorify God. Look at these verses. Glorify means to praise, to magnify the goodness and greatness of God. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. If you've ever seen a, a simple sunset and you see people just go, you know, I was in Hawaii a month and a half ago, and every night everybody walks to the beach just to look at an orange ball going to the ocean. Or if you ever see pictures from the space shuttle and, and, the, and the galaxies and the space nebula and the space clouds, and you just go, oh, my God. That everything God made 
declares his glory. We see the invisible attributes of God, his creativity, his power, his peace, his synergy, his clarity of purpose, his beauty, his order. Everything is just like, oh my gosh. Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. Everyone raise your hand. Every, just, if I could just ask, please, everybody raise your hand. Every single one of you were made for his glory. Everyone say this, say this out loud. I was made for God's glory. You were. You were. My, my, my granddaughter is just under four months. She's like three and a half months old. And she is so chill. Beside the fact that she's gorgeous. But she's chill. She's just like. I mean, like that. She cries. And that's it. God said, I made it for my glory. I designed her. I formed her in the womb. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Okay, so here's the thing. God created us for his glory. The problem is Satan says, I want glory. And this is the battle. There is a cosmic battle on the earth for who you and I, governments, media, music, fashion, food, medicine, who is going to be glorified in uh, uh, politics? Who is going to be glorified in how all that is made? And the devil says, it is my, my role is to get the glory. The first thing he said to Jesus, if you, I'll get, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kings and the heavens of the earth and the mountains of the earth, kings of the earth. The devil is fighting for glory for himself. And what we are seeing in culture is the culture deciding who are we going to glorify. And when God decides that we're not going to glorify him, when God decides that the opportunity for his intended original purpose, that his creation glorify him, the end is going to come. Now, I know we can sense it, all this evil stuff happening, but what the evil stuff is, is a bowing down of our culture to glorify Satan. Now, how do you know it's Satan? Well, it's opposite the word of God, but here's, here's the characteristics of God's glory. Beauty, order, peace, creativity, synergy, clarity of purpose, etc. love, and ultimately life. Satan, division, Chaos, confusion, conflict, contradiction, ultimately death. When you think of your life, when you think of your identity, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, is it filled with confusion and contradiction and chaos, or is it filled with clarity, beauty, and order, and life? These, these, that, that's the, the simple limit test. Now, once, well, I'm gonna, here's what the devil, Bible says in, in Isaiah 14, 12 about the devil. How you have fallen o he, from heaven, O day star. Son of the dawn, the devil was an angel of, by the way, worship, got the glory. Why this stage is so dangerous when people come up on this stage and I've seen it. See the light, see the people. Oh, it's like, it's about me. That was the devil. It's so tempting. It's so tempting. And the devil was an angel of worship. He says, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low, you said in your heart, I, this is the devil, I, everyone say I. Whenever you start saying I, 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 you're mimicking Satan. <laughs> when it becomes more about you than God. 
I will ascend to the heaven above the stars. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. I will make myself like God. This is the devil's heart. This is the devil's mentality. But you are brought low down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. The devil says, I will ascend above the angels. I will ascend to the height of God. Now, in our culture, what you're seeing and what you're experiencing is the devil stirring up people, stirring up mentality, stirring up education, stirring up institutional processes that glorify him over God. Now, here's the thing. The devil, the devil cannot defeat God. But what the devil comes after is the image of God. And so the devil, through his deception, if he can get all of us individually, corporately, and not only the church, but just people in the world, to start living in a way contrary to God's intended purpose, he's achieved his goal. Because what he'll do is he'll wave that in God's face and say, look at that child that you made, that parent that you made, that family that you made, that I got living the way I want them to do. Look at all the confusion in their life. Look at all the contradiction in their life. Look at all the pain in their life that I brought into their life. It doesn't mean that the person necessarily is satanic. It means we've been deceived. And there is an acceleration. I think what, at least what I'm feeling, I don't know if you're feeling, there is an acceleration of this conflict in the world. There's an acceleration of division. There's an acceleration of confusion. There's an acceleration of craziness in the world. But it's not craziness at all. It's the devil's design to cause confusion and cause division. And you sense it in your heart, but it's like, why is that wrong? Because it's opposite of what God's intended purpose and so we have to understand as that's happening, not to attack the people because the people don't know. And if they know this, this, God still loves them enough that they still have breath in their lungs to be redeemed and we have to be the vehicle of that. So how we even talk about it has to be sensitive, but we have to know the difference. And so as confusion and conflict happens and division happens, we have to say, okay, I, I see the devil playing games on us and having us think things and believe things that aren't true. So we do things that are contrary to God's plan. So five ways I'm going to get to in the next few minutes. And then I want you to be thinking as you watch TV, as you are on social media, I want you to be thinking about these principles. Number one, for the glory of God, we were made in the image of God, male and female. God made male and female for his glory, period. Now, clarity is male, female. Compatibility is male, female. Look what this Bible says. Genesis 1, 26, 27. The Lord said, let us make man our image according to our likeness. Verse 27, God created them in his own image. God created a male and female. I want to talk to people who are struggling with transgender. God loves you so much. And I can't imagine what it is like to be confused about who I am and what I am. But my encouragement to you, pursue clarity, not confusion. Pursue, pursue the purpose of God and not the purpose of division. Pursue unity. And as you understand that the devil is about confusion and contradiction, 
In California, I think it's all, or, or in the United States, like 100 genders, and some of them are contradictory. To be male and female at the same time is a contradiction. The devil is about contradiction. God is about clarity. The devil is about death. And I, and I ask you, as you consider the surgeries that people who are educated will tell you, okay, you can't go back. I hear girls having mastectomies and, and, and boys having, you know, their surgery. You can't go back. And so ask yourself before you make these life-changing, altering, permanent decisions, ask God to give clarity to you about who you are and what you are and why you are. And as you go down this path, is it getting better for you in your emotions? Are you getting more peace? Are you getting more clarity? Are you feeling better about yourself? Or is it becoming more and more confusing? Is, is there more and more death happening in your life? So my plea to you is to trust that God knew what he was doing when he made you. He did not make a mistake and he loves you so much. Number two, for the glory of God. The family was created. Genesis 2.24. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they shall become one flesh. That one flesh is called sex. Now, I know in our culture a long time ago, they said have sex with whoever you want, however you want, whenever you want. And I would just ask all of y'all because I would imagine most of us in here have kind of taken that advice. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Sex was never made to give people disease. It was never made to enslave people. It was never made to bring death into your life. The devil is about death. The devil is about disease. And when you follow the ways of Satan, and I say Satan because that is who he is, and he's very subtle, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, and one of the things that really indicates the end is that he's come out in the open, That when you follow his ways, which we all have, by the way, trust me, I'm not, <laughs> we're all guilty of this because we are all sinners. But let us all be reminded that the penalty of sin is death. Something dies when we do things his way. And I would encourage all of you to think about how in my personal relationship, Am I honoring God, especially in my sexual life, which we all have a sexual life because it's the, the most powerful sexual organ you have is your brain. What you watch, what you think, what you talk about, what you meditate on, God is aware of all of that. Number three, for the glory of God, we were given children. Oh, Psalm 127.3, the children are a heritage from the Lord and offspring from him. I'm going to read that again. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Matthew 18, 11, 10, 11. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that they're in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. I don't know if you've seen the movie Sound of Freedom, and there's a lot of talk about child trafficking uh, going on right now. I saw that movie. There is an acceleration, it appears, of the attack, not only the attack on children, but the institutionalization of that attack. 
the, 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 the schools are colluding with the kids behind the parents' back about their gender. That's crazy. Drag shows in the, in the school, that's crazy. I, I, I saw on the other day a, a book where the, uh, the, the daughter is talking to her father in a little children's book while he rapes her. That's crazy. And what the devil is doing, he is indoctrinating these kids to things that they should not be indoctrinated to. I was, I was uh, uh, read about a, a child molester who was interviewed and they said, how do you profile the children you go after? He says, I don't profile the child first, I profile the parents. And if the child has a father who is a threat, I leave that child alone. <laughs> One of the definitions of a man, this is just me, you need to be dangerous. Now, I don't, I don't mean walking around with AK, you know, I'm going to hit his No, 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 I'm not saying that. You just need to be, hey, when you come around, if you mess with my family, I'm going to protect my family. And, and the culture, and, I, and just for the record, I'm not advocating violence. <laughs> but there's all this talk about trying to, you know, toxic masculinity, all that kind of stuff. When something happens, we want masculinity to be around. And so the, the predator, here's what the predator says. The predator says, if, if I can get the man to be weak, I can get the children. So what is, culture, what is culture doing? Making a man weak. It's, 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 it's ingenious. You have to you understand what the spiritual thing is going to happen. So you got to be weak. You got to be, you know, listen, I'm a nice guy. I'm not saying don't be a nice guy. Satan clubs, Pennsylvania, they, their state sanctioned that Satan clubs can happen in elementary schools. They got kids sitting around pentagrams, little kids. Drag show queens. Pride Month in New York, they were chanting, we are, we are here, we are queer, and we're coming for your kids. Chanting that on the street. Children being medically castrated. Um, men breastfeeding infants. The CDC has advised um, medical professionals to assist men in being able to breastfeed children. And one of the drugs that they're giving the men so they can secrete a fluid is called Domperidone, uh, which is the FDA has <laughs> warned is harmful for a baby's heart. What? It's an attack on the kids. This is what's happening at an accelerated rate. And these are the things that as we're watching and saying, okay, if, if I'm God, I, he's why. He's watching, when I say he's watching, what's happening at least here in the United States is a whole generation is being poisoned to grow up, to have potentially the inability to worship God and know who God is because of the damage being done to them. When a child is human trafficked, they are, ex they are subjected to 50 to 100 acts, sexual acts a day. Only the grace of God can recover from that. And this is what's happening, and this is why we have to say, okay, first, let me be a dad to my kids. <laughs> let me be a dad to my kids. <laughs> Number four, 
For the glory of God, the church was created. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly together as ourselves, uh, of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. The reason that we do this is to encourage each other to live for God. It is not to put on a show for God. It is not to just check the box. And, and, and God has allowed people to check the box. And, and he's, in his patience, he's saying, please listen to me. Please submit to me. Please let me glorify myself through your life. Please let me bless your life. Please let me speak to your life. Please let me help you forgive that person and that person. Please let me help you receive forgiveness. Please let me transform you to my son's image. And too often we're coming like, I'm doing, I'm doing my thing. Because the world is at light speed going away from God. You got to be careful you don't get caught up in that. Because God's looking at his church as his bride. He told Israel in Old Testament, you are whoring after other gods. And as he looks at the church in America, he's like, what's going on? They have, they have uh, in, in Germany, there was a, uh, I don't know if it's the first one, but it was an AI church service in Fert, Germany. F-E-R-T. 300 people went. <laughs> they have a shortage of pastors. AI gave the sermon. They have now proposed that AI write a, rewrite the Bible to be a global religion. You saw at the Grammys, Satanism in a lot of now the artists, and it's just coming out straight in front of them. I don't, devil doesn't need to hide anymore because he's so desensitized everyone that it's almost a fad to worship the devil. It's no joke. And we need to know that. It's not a joke. The devil is not playing around. And we have to understand the signs of the times. And there are friends that you have, and maybe some of you are friends you have that are dabbling in. And I'm not even saying you're dabbling in Satanism, but you're singing these songs and you're watching these things that's all desensitizing you to the devil. And, you know, Buffy the Vampire started back in the day. And it's like, oh, it's a funny thing. It ain't no joke. He is a, he is a mastermind. And when you see that stuff accelerating so fast, especially now with AI, which is a whole nother interesting thing that a lot of the inventors of it are fearful that they made a mistake because AI is starting to now teach itself things and reason. There was one AI, Lambda, I think it's Lambda, it's, it's, a, it's a Google AI uh, a machine, and they asked Lambda, how can you help humans understand how you function? And Lambda said, and I'm paraphrasing, don't quote me, but we don't want to help them too much because we will become obsolete. And I'll end with this one. For the glory of God, man was given dominion or governance. Genesis 1.28, the Lord said, God said, let us make man our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Everyone say Dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing over the earth. Um, I don't have enough time to elaborate as much as I could on this. But COVID was an interesting experiment. There is a global... developing global efforts to form a one world government. I, I'm sure you've all heard of it. A global economic system with digital currency, 
a global religion with a new Bible. As a matter of fact, in Abu Dhabi, there's a, there's a, a, a place with a mosque, a Catholic church, and a, a synagogue, and they're developing a global religion. The buildings are built. And we have to realize that everything the Bible talks about is going to happen. It's happening right in front of us. And as you're watching it develop, you need to be more and more committed to Jesus. Because God is saying, I'm warning you. When you see the sky is red at night, you know it's going to be nice the next day. When you see the sky is stormy, you know it's going to be raining the next day. He said, look, I'm warning you. And it may seem like um, advancement of technology. It may seem like advancement of government. But it's all sinister. Because when you see systems taking place that are designed to control you and track you, now AI can not only track you, which they're doing, but they now have AI that can read your thoughts. And there's a thing called the ESG score, which is a economic, social, government score that everybody's going to get. They do this with businesses now, by the way. That if your business is not conforming to certain ways and, and views of the world, you can't get financing. I know individuals who've had their finances, their bank, their bank accounts closed because of their views. And at some point, that's going to come to us where they have digital currency and, and you're going to have to abide by certain belief systems and certain languages please pay attention to these things. You're like, well, why, why are we talking about this? Because we're living it. And you don't want to find yourself so caught up in it, so bought into a, a mindset that is unbiblical. And then be, how do I get out? So here's my encouragement to you as we close. Is that you decide and purpose in your heart, God, I am going to glorify you. I am going to honor you with my words. I'm going to honor you with what I watch. I'm going to honor you with what I listen to. I'm going to honor you with what I eat. I'm going to honor you as you originally tended me to honor you. And there are things and that people, things that you do, things that you eat, things that you watch, things you listen to that don't honor God. And just say, Lord, I can't figure all that out. By the way, it is, it is very involved why so many of us just go along with it because it's so complicated. But my encouragement to you is to say, Lord, I don't want to just be some casual person who's living in our culture, doing everything, and just go to church every now and then. Because you may be left out. God may come back and you may say, okay, we're, I'm ready to rapture. He's like, I never knew you. You, 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 you. you were never committed. It was always like a game to you, always like you were negotiating. I'll do this for you, God. You do this for me. And God said, I'm, that's, not how I, that's, not, that's not the relationship I want. And so I want to pray for you. And as you watch TV and as you, as you, as you just ask yourself, is, is that glorifying God or not? Is that promoting unity or not? Is that going to honor Jesus or not? Just ask that question. Am I going to be free to, to worship God? In my, in my speech, in my, in my actions, doing that, doing that. If this is your church, come to church. If this is your church, serve. If this is your church, get in a small group. If this is your church, tithe. Trust in the supernatural power of God. Or go to a church where you can do that. Third option, don't walk with God at all. 
Because the reason I say that third option is so you can at least experience how horrible it is without God and then come back 100%. But the, 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 the days of just playing around, whew, don't let that sneak up on you because we are there. Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness. Dear God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of sonship, of love, power, and a sound mind. I pray you would encourage us to be sober about the times we live in, and that we would read our Bible, that we would pray, that we would serve, that we would seek God with our whole heart. And Lord, I, I just have seen our culture change over the last, oh, my lifetime. And you may take another thousand years to come back. I don't know. But I do know as believers, we are becoming more and more targets of the culture. We have become more and more outsiders and it's going to take more and more courage to walk with you. So I pray that on behalf of our church. And if you just need a little more courage in your life, you want to be more committed in your life, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I want to glorify you with my life. I want to glorify you with every error of my life. I know you're going to come like a thief in the night and I want to be ready. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up really high. Slip your hand up really high. God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for those people. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come. Listen, if you raise your hand, listen to me. Let's go. If you didn't raise your hand, why? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God speak to you. And that you have a moment, even today, where he would just say, I love you. I just want you to love me back. We're going to take communion, and I want you to be thinking about that as we take communion. Amen. Bring a friend next week. We're going to talk about the rewards for those people who are faithful.